This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented as always by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Tuesday, April 5th. 2022. Thank you so much for tuning in to BYU Sports Nation. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a guy who's already purchased his Kansas City Jayhawks championship gear, Dave McCann. Amazon should have it here this afternoon. <laughs> Let me tell you, if somebody actually comes out with, and somebody oh, you will, know they will, somebody is going to capitalize on the uh, the mistake last night from NCAA President Mark Emmert. Uh, about the Kansas – he quickly corrected himself, but it was already out, was out, and the Kansas City Jayhawks championship gear should be at a store near you, I would imagine. The NCAA has had such a bad decade, <laughs> and they just keep getting in their own way. And here it is, just just hand them the trophy and call them by the right name. <laughs> yeah. And they went with the Kansas City Jayhawks. You know, Kansas City's never been prouder. Yeah, seriously. Look, they are – and it's for anybody that has lived in that area, that's probably more accurate than they realize <laughs> – because, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, you do have Mizzou fans in Kansas City, but it is certainly very predominantly KU. But on, the, the first thing, and this was funny because in our, our meeting this morning, um, as we were going over the show, uh, our producer Ben Bagley brought this up, and I immediately said I had the exact same thought. As soon as he made the mistake, the first thing I thought of was the Potato Bowl and the BYU Tigers. First thing I congratulations to your BYU Tigers. <laughs> that was the That's first classic. thing I thought of when that happened. You know, I feel for announcers because sometimes <laughs> we're thinking something and something else comes flying out yeah. of our mouth, and then we go, "Did I?" Did I really say the BYU Tigers? <laughs> um, but it happens. How about Kansas last night? I was watching the end of that game, and I'm thinking, that's what's coming, yeah. and that's where we're going. And uh, I, I, don't, I think fans, and we'll talk about it today, but BYU fans around the world uh, should be just salivating over the chance to get to the big time. And that's where the basketball program and the athletic department is heading into the Big 12. That is the big time. It's the best basketball conference in America. And BYU is charging in there in about 18 months. Well, and that's, I think, what made it so much more exciting to just to watch the game, knowing that that's on the horizon. Both exciting and nerve-wracking at well, the same time. And I was, I was sitting there thinking, as a guy would make a basket. I'm like, is that a senior? Is that a sophomore? Yeah. Is he going to be gone? Is he, is he going to declare? Uh, <laughs> Because uh, BYU is going to be playing them in the Marriott Center yeah. in two seasons. They'll just bring in another one, uh, which is essentially what, <laughs> what typically what happens. Yeah. All right, here's our show lineup for today. And speaking of that, after watching Kansas win the national championship game last night, are you nervous or excited for what's to come as a member of the Big 12 Conference? We'll also chat with BYU assistant basketball coach Chris Burgess. He'll join us to discuss being at the Final Four, preparing to join the Big 12, and what the offseason could look like for the basketball program. And how about this? Financial projections are out for P5 teams in an expanded college football playoff. What kind of money? And we were going over the numbers, and it is so much fun to think about. It's not just the Big 12. <laughs> no, and it we're talking football-only numbers. What yeah. type of money could be heading to Provo as a member of the Big 12? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball in St. George tonight, where it's not raining. And it's a little bit warmer. They take on Dixie State. Cougs split two games against the Trailblazers last season. First pitch is at 7.05 Eastern time. Next year, when we play them or when they're up here with their football team, it'll be known as Utah Tech. Utah Tech coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium this fall. From baseball to softball, 
Softball battling Utah tonight in Salt Lake City. Cougs coming off a series win over New Mexico last weekend at home. A dominating performance. The bats were certainly hot at Gale Miller Field. First pitch, 7 Eastern time, and you can watch the game on Pac-12+. Women's golf currently in 15th place at the Silverado Showdown. Anna Hekowitz tied for 8th place at even par. Second round action underway in Napa, California. She's our favorite because she's a an employee slash intern at BYU TV. Yeah, good luck to her and women's golf. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It goes without saying that joining the Big 12 is a massive deal for BYU athletics, and it brings even more exposure, it brings more access, and it certainly brings increased financial flexibility. It also brings a higher level of competition across the board, and last night's win by the Jayhawks in the national championship game was yet another reminder of the latter, and it brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Dave, the new Big 12 has accounted for five Final Four teams in the last four NCAA tournaments. Yeah. It's not bad. They're pretty good. You had Kansas in 18, Texas Tech in 19, Baylor won it in 21, and last night Kansas won it again. I think uh, as, you, as you watch it, uh, it, it's hard to imagine that that's where BYU is going. It's almost like at a semi-pro level. <laughs> You're right. Some of this Big 12 basketball. But the Big 12, unlike some P5s, is not a fixer-upper. No. They are rolling and a chance for BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida to step in, mix in, and, uh, and participate. Uh, for all four schools, especially us, since we're biased for BYU, it is a game changer yes. across the board. By the way, don't think I didn't uh, get the fixer-upper with Baylor, Chip and Joe. Oh, yeah. don't, <laughs> don't think that I thought to put that in there. As soon either. as I started sounding like, he really doesn't know the <laughs> He didn't put the two and two together. All right, so it begs the question then, are you more nervous or are you more excited about BYU hoops in the Big 12 after what you saw last night? Well, contrast it to what if BYU wasn't going to the Big 12? And then how would you feel? You're just going to be in the WCC chasing Gonzaga. Uh, you'd be independent still in football and some of those other things. When you contrast what it could have been, because that's what it has been for, for the last decade, to what it can be and will be, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a no-brainer. It's full excitement, full ahead into this, uh, into this league. You got Lagoon, you got Disneyland. <laughs> you know, Lagoon's fine when you can't get to California, but when Utahns get a vacation, where do they go? They go to Disneyland. That's where Jerem is this week. It's where Spencer was last week. So uh, it, it is the creme de la creme. It's, it's, uh, it's what we saw last night. It's the best in the country. Yeah, look, the answer is both. It's both exciting because you see what's possible and you see the level of competition that BYU is going to face. And it's exciting because when the, the level of competition increases, then everybody wants to increase their level of play. And so, so you would think that the, the competition and the basketball that we'll see, it, it all gets lifted up. So that reason alone, it's exciting. It's also nerve-wracking for what we mentioned in the stat of the day. All these teams, you know, the last two champions have come out of the Big 12. Obviously Kansas this year, or Kansas City, if you will, uh, and Baylor the year before. So look, 
it's also pressure because yeah. you're going into a league, as we know, we've talked about, is the best college basketball league, top to bottom, in the country. That, that means that everybody that goes in, you know every game, you're not getting a game off. Right, and, and BYU's going to lose some games. And to be honest, BYU doesn't lose very much anymore these days. Even that stat we showed the other day against the Pac-12 teams in the major sports. This year alone, BYU's 18-1-1. Their only loss was to Washington State in the NIT quarterfinals. Um, all of the sports do well for the most part. The, uh, the all-sports ranking from the fall had BYU number one in the entire country. We'll see where it averages out coming through the spring. But um, th this is a fan base that, uh, that wins and they enjoy winning, and they don't like losing. Well, we're going to go into a league where there's going to be a lot of losing. There'll be some winning. But how much sweeter will the winning be as BYU builds yes. and joins the middle of the league to the upper half and then takes the title? Um, that's, that's where we invest our sports interest in the future. And we're getting paid for it, at least the school is, like never before, and we'll get to that later. But but it's, it's a win-win on all sides. But that win-win is going to avoid a lot of losses. Well, and look, I, I realize that we're talking about the on-the-court product. But the one thing I think that, that BYU has as an advantage that maybe some other programs don't have or maybe haven't had in the past joint, going from you know, a non-P5 conference to a P5 conference is BYU from an athletic department has viewed itself as a P5 team and has scheduled as a P5, has done things financially as a P5. So from that aspect, BYU has already been in that mindset of a P5 athletic program. And I think that will help the Cougars in terms of making the transition a little easier. I like the slogan uh, on one of the campus entrance signs that the world is our campus. Yes. And BYU TV has helped bond alumni all over the world in a way where they can watch their teams, like WGN did for the Cubs yeah. and TBS did for the Braves. 100%. When the Cougars roll into Ames, Iowa, and all these fans show up, and, uh, and, and the Iowa State fans are going, hey, you guys travel well. Like, and the announcers will say something like that, yeah. too. And they'll go, what do we mean travel? We're your neighbors. <laughs> we just never had a reason to come out. Right. Wear our shirts and come to a game because we don't like Iowa State. We like BYU, and now our team is here. Oh, by the way, now the 16 teams are here. And they're going to come more frequently. And then all of a sudden, uh, the world gets smaller and smaller, and BYU's fan base grows and grows because it's already connected before we even go in to take on Goliath. Um, we go in to take on Goliath with a Goliath-like fan base, and then the fan base waits for the team to get up yeah. to Goliath-like status, and that's how you win the Big 12. You go to the college football playoff, and you take your shot against Alabama. Well, look, and, and you touched on this, and we've talked about this, and, and I hope everybody is realistic about this. There is going to be a learning curve. There is for everybody, and I'm talking about an on-the-court learn. well, and really both, but specifically an on-the-court learning curve. You know, to be able to step in day one, it's going to take some time for everything to acclimate to the higher level of competition. There are going to be some sports on campus that are going to have success faster than others. Sure. But I, I think everybody's willing to go through those because I think everybody realized that's just part of it. And a lot of people think, well, basketball is going to be the one that gets to the dance the, the latest. 
uh, because of the high level we see of the Big 12 playing basketball because the right. season just ended. Um, but basketball, you can actually get there quicker. You need seven guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at some of these teams that have turned their the, – uh, Texas Tech turned things around by getting five really good guys. Then they build on their bench, and now they built where they're good every year. But they went from down here to up here. Baylor did the same thing a few years ago. You can get, you can turn a basketball program around with the right couple of guys, a Colin Chandler, a Dallin Hall, and, and a few other guys. Uh, football is a little longer because you got 100 guys. However, BYU is built for P5 steps. Yeah. They should go in and compete right in the middle of the Big 12 for that. Softball, softball just swept Iowa State in their big taste of Big 12 since the announcement. They should go in going, hey, we're competing for the upper half. And on the right day, we'll beat their best team. We can win that, win that championship. Um, women's volleyball, they compete already. Yes. You know, women's basketball, they compete already. Yes. Um, so, I, yeah, it's, it's, it, we're not going to the bottom of all these things. Just the, the notion of watching Kansas win the national title <laughs> goes, that's them. We must be down here. But we can get up here uh, with the right recruiting class. And, and we'll talk to Chris Burgess about that and the portal and how that can help. Um, so, yeah, and, and Houston's probably thinking the same thing. We're not going in there to take last, but we know we got to step up in some areas. Well, how many times, and this is any sport, just in the last couple of months since the announcement was made in the fall, you know, we talk with coaches. We talk, How many times have they told us, we're getting doors open to players that we've never had yeah. access to before. I mean, almost every single coach we've talked to has all said something very similar to that, that just the fact, even without being in it officially, I mean, you're in it officially, but in, without playing in it yet, BYU's getting looks from potential recruits that they've never had before. It's a, it's a game changer. In many of the sports, the starters are good enough to compete head-to-head -head with the best in the country. It's depth where there's been an issue. When something happens to the right tackle, for example, last year, then we brought in a true freshman right tackle. That can't happen as we move into the Big 12. A, a four-star has got to replace a four-star on the, on the offensive line or the defensive line or a receiver. That's what those schools do that win regularly in, on the P5 level. Utah's done a great job increasing its depth coming from the Mountain West to competing in, in the Pac-12. It took a while, but they're now deep where one guy gets hurt, they don't lose the game. Right. BYU has increased that depth. I think we're going to see it this fall like we've never seen it before. But that has to keep going. Basketball can't be we're dead because we lost our two centers. Right. There has to be more moving forward. And those are the areas where I think the coaches are firmly have a firm grasp at, at what to attack because they can get good athletes already. They just need more of them. Mike yeah. Littlewood said, I don't need new baseball players to compete. I just need more of the guys I have. Yep. For those that have uh, watched or listened to this show over the years, you know that uh, I have absolutely no problem as soon as the football season is over, immediately looking forward to the countdown to the next first game of the season. So in that light, how about we take, even though college basketball literally ended hours ago, how about we look at Jeff Goodman's way too early top 25 for next season? So it, it brings in five new Big 12 teams in his way too early top 25. He has Houston at number two. Not bad. Kansas at number seven. Wow. Uh, Baylor at number 11. 
Texas at 15, Texas Tech at 23. So those are the the Big 12 teams. If you're wondering where Gonzaga is in that, he's got him at number six. So that's just a very early look at what the top 25 could look like next year in college basketball. Right, and this is before the Zags go and get the best player in the country. Right. And have yeah, they're just, just losing the for, number one overall pick, season. and they're going to be right back at it. And a lot of schools haven't rebuilt yet. The portal's going to change some things, but uh, the Big 12 is going to be good from here on out in basketball and football and, and all that stuff. What, a, what an opportunity to be a part of it, even though it makes you nervous. I know it certainly does. Our question of the day, are you more nervous or excited about BYU hoops playing in the Big 12? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Our first one comes from John Chisholm on Facebook, says, uh, I'm excited, but I know there are going to be growing pains while our teams step it up on the next level. Looking forward to being a part of the best basketball conference in all of college sports. And I know sometimes people will say arguably the best. It's, there's not arguably. It's the best. Yeah, no question about it. And then uh, JT uh, Lamoureux on Twitter says, excited for the future of BYU, but so nervous for the first few years. I fear that BYU will be bottom feeders of the conference for a while, but will build into a basketball powerhouse. It's going to be a slow build, though, I think. You know what? It's like a parent raising teenagers. <laughs> There's going to be highs and sure, lows. Yes. You, you keep hope that they're going to become good people. And then when they do become good people as they grow up, they're a blast the rest of their lives. There you go. Chime in on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use hashtag BYUSN. Coming up today is the Champions Dinner at the Masters in Augusta. What would you, or me for that matter, put on our Champions Dinner menu? What would you serve up? Think about that. You know, probably shouldn't talk food. It's just one meal. Even though it's one meal. All right, and Chris Burgess is in studio to break down the future of BYU hoops and the transition to the Big 12. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball heads south to St. George. Take on Dixie State and get out of the rain up here in Utah Valley. You can listen to the game at 7 Eastern tonight, 5 Mountain, locally on BYU Radio 107.9 FM, or on the BYU Cougars app for the rest of the world. Live in Studio B, we are your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Dave McCann, Jason Shepard with you, and happy to have assistant basketball coach Chris Burgess joining us here in Studio B. Chris, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love stopping by. So uh, let's talk some hoops and let's talk some national championship game uh, last night. Uh, what did you make of the championship game? And I, I have to assume you were probably watching with a, yeah. uh, a little more interest knowing that's a, a future conference opponent. Yeah. yeah. Um, first of all, what a great game. Um, Carolina played a, just seemed like a flawless first half after the first few, you know four three or four minutes. And then... You know, the, the adjustments that Coach Self in Kansas made were pretty simple, but coming out of halftime, you could tell they were, you know, they were picking up their pressure defensively, and, and they were pushing it offensively. They were just trying to get easy buckets quick and early in transition, and you could see Caroline just getting a little bit tighter, a little bit tighter after each possession, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how much time was left, but it was a game. It was like zero-zero again, and what a fantastic finish! Um, when you're when you're coaching a game like that, and you call a timeout, yeah. And you're on the wrong side of the momentum, and you huddle up the guys. What's going on in the conversation? Yeah, you're looking at every like you're looking at all the guys 
that are sitting down in the chair. So the five guys are on the floor and somehow you got to get them to slow down their heart rate first, right? Because <laughs> there's a lot of things they're thinking. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of what ifs, and you're trying to control what you control. So trying to get them to think about what matters, right? So whatever the game's telling you at the time, if it's, you know, if it's offensive rebound, we're giving up, if it's, you know, protecting, you know, having turnovers, protecting the ball, um, is it taking good or bad shots or are we just missing good shots, right? And so there's just, it just depends on what's going on in the game. But the biggest thing is get their heart rates to slow down, right? Get them to come back to the moment and get them to focus on what what matters during that time. I think everybody was just excited it was a good game because you go through yeah. the first half and, you know, North Carolina's dominating that first half. You know Kansas yeah. is going to make a run, but for it to come down to the last shot, I mean, you can't ask for anything uh, better than that. It's awesome, right? Like, I, yeah. that's what I kept looking at after every media timeout, so under 16, under 8, under 4, I'm like, this is going down to the wire. Like, and that's what you want as a fan, right? Like, we don't have, like, I, you know, I was just cheering for a great game. Um, I was happy for either coach to kind of either win. Um, but like you said, this is like, man, this is a great game. It's coming down to the wire. Like, let's go, right? And so let's get free basketball. Let's get an overtime game, right? Let's, let's, so it, it, was such, it was a fun um, event to be there on Saturday and a fun game to watch with my family last night. Online. How different is it to watch this as a staff, knowing that, uh, that Kansas is the winner this year and last year it was Baylor and, and the Big 12 just keeps getting represented in the Final Four over the last handful of years. And you're joining the league here in a year and a half. Does that make it different? Yeah. When you see Kansas, you're going, oh, is that a senior? Please be a senior when, <laughs> <laughs> when he's pounding it. Yeah, they're just going to keep reloading it for our seniors. No, it just confirms what we, we know as a staff and everyone knows around the country is it's, it's the premier and best basketball conference in the country right now. Yeah. Um, Baylor and Texas Tech and Kansas. And then we as a staff know that, you know, we still got work to do in the WCC this last year, but we're also building towards that uh, Big 12, you know, as far as recruiting in terms of style of play or philosophy. It's just because, you know, it's, it's just it's going to be more difficult, right? There's no there's <laughs> it's it's scary, but it's also super exciting to see see what we can do and see the noise we can make because it's going to it's 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 the Big 12 and yeah. it's so exciting. Well, and it's a perfect segue to what I wanted to ask you next. Look, it. Preparing for the now and the future is something coaches do all the time. But how do you balance getting ready and wanting to win games in your final season in the West Coast Conference, but also being ready for what awaits you in the Big 12? Well, we always try to focus on getting better every day. Coaches Pope has always talked about that, right? And we, we, we always focus on, we want to win. Like, our, we're recruiting people to win. This place is win. We, we, are, we are hired to do this job to win games. And we feel like, and, and then the other thing is we want to, we want to continue focusing on play, uh, player development and having a great locker room. And we feel like we take care of those things Regardless of what conference we're in, if we're getting better every day, if we're developing our players on and off the court, right, and we're winning basketball games, we feel like we'll be able to transition smoothly, right? And we know we got a lot. As we get there, we're going to have some things to learn. We're going to learn a lot about ourselves as well. But we want to focus on those things, which is like get better every day, right? Develop our players, have a winning locker room, and, and, and let's go, right? Let's tip it up. You're at the Final Four. Coach K coaches his final game. You played for Coach yeah. K a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like to see him walk off for the final time, a guy who's been so important to the development of college uh-huh. basketball? Shocked. Um, did not think they were going to lose, first of all. Um, was sitting, you know, uh, actually behind the Krzyzewski family with the former player section, and there was just shock amongst us all. And then everyone, when the buzzer ended, you know, they're shooting the free throws. Caleb Love was shooting the free throws to put them up four points, and it was out of reach. Um, just watched Coach K and, and just the grace he had in terms of walking to the 
other side of the bench to shake their coach's hand, shake their player's hand, and you're just shocked because when you look, when I looked around, uh, and from Danny Ferry from the '80s, you know, to Jay Williams, Dunleavy, Mike Dunleavy, Shane Batty, is like, man, the brotherhood that he's coached and the lives that he's t touched. All these guys are here for him, and he's created something super special, not just college basketball, but just in sports. So I'm glad I was there to witness it, but I didn't take my eyes off of him, and I could just feel the shock and sadness, right, amongst his players. And it was like it was like it was a good sadness. It was a sadness of like, man, this guy's done so much for us, right, for our lives and the, the people we are today. So I was shocked, and I was excited to be there and be a part of that history. Take, take us back a couple more years earlier in that. How did yeah. he close the deal on you to get <laughs> to go to Duke? Um, <clears throat> first of all, he's a great recruiter. Um, his program and the history of, of Duke basketball spoke for itself. Um, being, playing in the ACC, you know, winning back-to-back uh, -back national championships four years earlier in the 91-92 season. Um, and, and he did a, you know, he was recruiting four of us. Um, at the time, four of us, class of 1997, and he was comparing it to his 91, 92 teams. Um, and then I got to go on a recruiting visit and see a game in, in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And it, it was, you know, as a Southern California kid, it was something I'd never experienced, right? Like, it, just the, the, the crazies and the, the smell of just the, the gym, right? And then coaches, um, you know, he's a great, he's a, he's a military guy. He's a leader and his, right. his, the way he motivates and got you excited to be a part of that program. And then, you know, this is before social media where your other recruits or other teammates were, were, were DMing you or texting you. It was nothing for that. But I remember running into playing with Shane Batty and Elton Brand at camps and them, you know, plant seeds of like, let's go do this, right? Let's go, let's go, you know, be the next fab, whatever. And, um, and but it was an opportunity to play for Coach K. It was an opportunity to play in the ACC. Uh, it was an opportunity to play at Duke and wear the Duke jersey. And honestly, opportunity I felt like I, I could go to I could go to a Final Four and compete in a national championship every single year. Yeah. And I got to go I got to go to one Final Four and compete for a national championship. Just came up three points short. And you were at the Final Four just the other day. Yeah, yeah I was. I was full circle, right? <laughs> yeah. Full circle. What is that like, by the way? What do you What do you take from those? Because we know a lot of the teams and coaches and staffs go to the Final Four. I, yeah. I've got to imagine there's a lot of sharing going on, or maybe yeah. watching what other people do. What do you take from those experiences and bring back to the BYU program? You know, like. You know, the Final Four is like there's a coaches event from all different levels, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, and there's so many different like panels and, and clinics that you can go to. There's a ton of networking, connecting, reconnecting. And what I like to do is I like to like I like to go to the clinics. I like to go to the panels. I like going to the coaches that whether assistant coaches, head coaches that I've watched a ton. I like to pick their brain, like yeah. defensive philosophies, offensive philosophy, recruiting philosophies, how they're handling like things like the portal, things in high school, the way college basketball is changing, the NIL. So there's a ton of things that you just sit and pick their brain and ask questions. And then bring everything you can home and discuss it as a staff. What can we take from this? Because if all, let's just say there's six of us from a staff that do that, we can come home, brainstorm, think of ideas we want to we steal, what we learned, and you move forward with that. Because this game is changing from the NIL, from the portal, um, going to the Big 12, right? And so I think that's the biggest thing is just trying to find, like if I could seek out, you know, um, Baylor's coach, Scott Drew, Right or his assistant, right. Yeah. And, and and sit down with him or ask a couple questions, like, 
that's invaluable, right? That's invaluable. And so that's what I tried to do. Was there one coach that you wanted to seek out at this? <laughs> and did you, and were you able to do that? There's a bunch of coaches, right? There's a bunch of coaches I want to seek out. But um, I have a ton of respect for the smaller schools as well because they have to win with less. Yeah. So one coach in particular that I uh, sought out was actually Vermont's assistant coach. Vermont goes to the tournament three out of every four years. The Catamounts, um, right? They should, yeah, the, the Catamounts. Catamounts. They, um, they almost beat Arkansas, right, who took went yeah. to the Swiss Elite Eight? Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. And so I sought them out just to what they do, right? Because they're doing, they're doing so much with less. And it's not just in their conference. So that was one coach. Louisville's assistant sought him out and see what they were doing. Um, but, but if I – like the coaches, for sure, Chris Beard does a great job, right? Of course it's the Big 12. Bill Self was too busy. He didn't want to talk. No. Um, but those are the coaches. Like honestly, anybody that you can see, I'll go to their assistants. They love talking the game. That's what's great about coaches. They love sharing. They love giving back. Um, so, you know, if, 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 and if coaches, the funny thing is I was sitting in front of Howard's head, Howard's head coach is a Duke alum, Kenny Blankley played on that 91, 92 team. And he turned around, I was like, we got to do a zoom. I love your guys' offense. We're going to have two bigs do this. And so, so it's almost like that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like he's seeking us out. Right. And so that was pretty cool. And did you say back to him, we need some bigs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that now that you're back home and, and it's all about this final season of the WCC and then a long future in the big 12. As far as the transfer portal goes, how many kids have uh, has BYU, has your staff uh, been in contact with? Um, we've been in contact with a number, um, a number of kids on the portal, and you know, anywhere from ten, probably fifteen to twenty guys. And it's and, and our our jobs at first is to, you know, reach out, figure out what the kid's doing, why is he leaving, yeah. um, you know, just just learn about him, his family, his journey, um, talk about our program. And then, and then from there, we figure out if it's a need, and like if it's a need, if it's a fit. Um, we know we, we know the positions we need, right? We got we got to add some depth, and we got to add a couple of players that were losing some really good players. Obviously, Alex and Tijon, and, and those guys were losing, so we got to replace that. And so we're reaching out, we're doing our work on the portal. We're trying to make sure that we chase the guys that we think can not just help us next year, but help us moving forward in the Big Twelve as well. What reaction are you getting, knowing that they know you're going into the toughest league in? Um, there's excitement, right? Like, there's sometimes it's like, oh, you guys are going to the Big 12, right? There's some people that um, they even forgot about it. They, they didn't know, right? Because if, but um, there's excitement. There's excitement, the opportunity to play against the best basketball, um, best basketball conference in the country. So it's different than last year for sure. Yeah. Um, the calls that were received, uh, calls that were that they're actually taking and texting back is different. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a process, and you it's it's a it's a lot of work, right? Because it's a lot of work to make sure it's a right fit. What about some of the guys coming back? And obviously, you know, a lot of focus is going to be on guys like Caleb mm-hmm. and Foose and Atiki. What can you say to guys that, that watched this season and saw the development yeah. of those guys as the season went on? What do you expect from those guys moving into next year? Yeah, I mean, we got a good core um, and, the, and the development and progress that um, Atiki, Foose made. And I thought Caleb had a great last four or five weeks. Um, just in terms of just playing more free. Yeah. Um, it was fun to watch him. So, you know, what we can take that is, you know, what we're doing right now as a staff is we're trying to find three off-season things for each player and how they can grow to, you know, develop. And we're trying to be super specific about it, um, both offensively and defensively. And so we're giving these guys a plan, some goals, improvements, and then we're, we're showing film, right? We're backing it up with the numbers. We're doing it. We'll eventually get on the court and do it. And when they're playing pickup, if they're playing two and two and three and three, we have things for them to focus on, whether it's decision-making, whether it's switching one through five, right, and, and lateral quickness, whether it's finishes at the rim. Um, and then they, all of them have a plan shooting-wise. 
um, with the three ball, right? And, and we've got, you know, we have unbelievable resources in the annex facility uh, with the noalytics and the shot tracker that, you know, they're gonna have, we're, we're educating them on that and, and they're gonna have specific goals in terms of shots, um, how many shots they take. And so, you know, it's a big deal for us. It's a big off season for us, but uh, the biggest thing is we have a ton of film and a ton of data that we can use moving forward to, to, to discuss those few things we need to work on. What have guys like uh, Barcelo and Lucas, even Matt Harms, even Cody Feger, uh, guys who are uh, here and have thrived at BYU, uh, not a member of the dominant faith. Yeah. What has that done for the rest of America looking at BYU going, is that a church school or is yeah. that a school I can go and, and, uh, and, and thrive, play basketball, yeah. live my religion, and grow and be a better person? Yeah, you know, it's a great question, and it's something that – you know, we, we want the best players that can help us win basketball games, but also represent what this university is, right? And, and we weed those guys out pretty quick during the recruiting process. And everyone, for the most part, that we take understand um, the sacrifices all of our guys make, regardless of their denominations, the sacrifices they need to make um, on the court, off the court, to be successful here. And you get guys like Barcelo that, you know, want that. They're craving that. They're craving that discipline. They're craving that sacrifice because it's what he, it's who he is, right? Like he wants to be on the court, uh, you know, 20 of 24 hours, right? And so if he can play along a group of guys that have the same mentality or to block out the distractions and the noise and the things outside of what's not going to make you better. And so we're, 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 we're searching for those guys. I right? remember Matt Harm saying that, uh, what? I got to I live the honor code so I can play basketball for the year I'm going to be there. I can do that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so that's that's another reason we do like the transfer portal because when you're talking to sophomores or juniors um, that have done two or three years in college, they understand what matters and what's important and how to get better. And that's, I think, the biggest thing is, like, if, you, if you're a person that we're talking to, well, we're going to know right away if you want to get better every day. Right, and so we, we, we use the honor code and we use the what this place represents to our to our advantage, and we find guys that are completely locked in and want to be a part of something super special. Last thing before we let you go, and you mentioned uh, Alex Barcelo, and I realize it's still early in the process. There's still a lot of feedback that would come in. What, what's what's he hearing right now in terms yeah. of his future? Um, first of all, he had a great career here. He was awesome in New Orleans in that three-on-three, -three and as well as the Reese's uh, Senior All-Star Game. Um, Alex is getting great feedback. Um, you know, in terms of workouts with NBA teams um, and interest there. He knows he's going to have to have a great um, couple weeks leading up to Portsmouth Invitational, the senior game there in Virginia, and hopefully get an invite to the NBA Combine and camp because he'll, he'll test really well. He's going to be in shape. Um, he's one of the best shooters in the draft. Right, it's just a matter of him. Honestly, there's you got to find the right team, yep. and if you do go on drafting, you still got to find the right team that you're gonna have the opportunity to play. Then today, like Alex is getting great feedback, where he's gonna be able to play this game of basketball at somewhere, some level, and, and make money, make money doing it. And from personal experience, there's nothing better in the world than continue to stay in shape, play the game you love, and be able to provide for your family. At the Final Four, did you look around for a moment and say, you know what, I am the tallest assistant coach in college basketball? <laughs> I, I did. I, I did. There was, there was only like one. I think I did. You're right. I am the tallest one, especially so you those get, get to get that going for you. That's yeah, nice. That's right. that's Things right. that Dave and I will never be able to say no. in any company that we keep, we're the tallest. No, but we'll <laughs> ask you questions all the time. Yeah, that's, that's right. That thing we can do. Chris, you're one of our favorites. Always appreciate, appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for the insight. Great to talk with you. Appreciate of course. it. Thanks, you guys. You guys are the best. There we go. Chris Burgess, assistant basketball coach for the BYU Cougars. We've already talked about the challenge that awaits BYU in the Big 12. Coming up, a look at the potential rewards when it comes to earning power. And why my BFF Andy Reid and I are both huge fans of the latest mock draft we will present. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. On the latest BYU SN right now, Puka Nakua back asking tough questions to students on campus. The guy can't say five words without smiling. Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. He's Dave. I'm Jason. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You have a TikTok account, right? You bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't buy it at all. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. I listen to my watch, it goes tick-tock. Okay. <laughs> Our own Jerem Jordan tweeted the following last night after the Kansas win. Heck, says Jerem, I just want BYU to go 500 in the league. As you look at the past uh, big finishers in the Big 12 in the Big Dance. Is 500 too low of an expectation for BYU when they enter the Big 12? We should note TCU and Iowa State were under 500 in the league this year. Both made the tournament. TCU won one game. Iowa State went to the Sweet 16. Look, I don't know if it's too low of an expectation. It, it may be realistic. We said there's going to be a learning curve. I think if BYU basketball can go in and day one be middle of the pack in the Big 12, I think there's a lot of people that would take that. Steal an upset or two. That's what, what I, like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I agree. All right, softball faces Utah today, and this season BYU is 7-1 and one against Utah in head-to-head -head competition in baseball, men's basketball, women's basketball, football, I think we all remember that one, soccer, tennis, and women's volleyball. Will the domination continue tonight, Dave? I think so. Last year they hit two home runs in the bottom <laughs> of the seventh inning to steal a win from Utah here in Provo. This is a really good hitting baseball team. Pitching's got to be just right. I like Zavodnik to make the difference, and BYU get a nice win on the road so long as this rain gets out of here. Well, look, there are certain teams on campus that regardless of opponent, regardless of the venue, I just expect them to win, and softball is one of those programs. They just keep winning, so yes, I expect the domination over Utah to continue tonight. Sporting News Mock Draft has Tyler Algier going 135th to the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Who's more excited about this prediction, Andy Reid or you? Uh, me. The answer is me. Uh, look, here's the thing. Andy's quota of Chiefs right now took a hit because Sorensen went to the Saints. Right. So you've got, you've got one less former Cougar. So now you've got to bring in another Cougar, and I think Tyler Algier fits that bill. He does like BYU guys. He loves, and he's not afraid to even admit it. I love it. <laughs> All right, uh, the Masters Champions dinner menu was released. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just real quick, here's what it is. Uh, let's see, you have uh, miso glazed uh, black cod. You have uh, some of these Japanese that. strawberry shortcake at the very end. That's what piqued my interest. That sounds good. Um, if you had the opportunity to ever host this dinner, what would you put on the menu? I would go uh, steak, fries, grilled vegetables, ice cold Dr. Pepper, and a chocolate shake for dessert. Oh, you went the full menu. With some junior mints on the way out the door. <laughs> well, we gotta have, you got to have a nice breath afterwards. Yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know the entire menu, but I, I know a lot of times you have like an option of like, like chicken or steak. First of all, no fish. No seafood of any kind is going to be on any menu I ever do. I'm going to go with both steak and chicken. I'm all about the protein. I'm going two options of protein together. The rest, honestly, Matt, give me some mashed potatoes. That's fine. Okay. Maybe some corn. Uh, no creamed corn, but uh, some sweet corn. 
and look, uh, I'm, I'm a water guy. I'd love to attend that dinner. <laughs> yeah. I hope I get it. T- so uh, so uh, there we go. And now I'm really, really hungry. Masters it's a good thing we're getting closer to, dinner. to lunchtime. We hope Mike Weir enjoys his dinner tonight as a former <laughs> yeah. Masters champion. Coming up, it's Tuesday. That means an all-new top five, and today is a sweet one. The top five Hail Mary passes in BYU history. And wait till you hear this. The Cougars are due for a payday in the Big 12. We will break down some of those numbers coming up next. They like this big. (laughs) They are bigger probably. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball at Dixie State tonight. They're home Thursday to host Santa Clara in league play. You can see the game at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app with Jason Shepard and Gary Scheide on the call. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Uh, It'll be good to have these guys back and uh, trying to get back on a winning track in conference. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Uh, One of Dave's favorite websites is Navigate.com. Uh, and it is a, <laughs> neither one of us had ever heard of it. No. Uh, Navigate but the Athletic, yes. reported from it, which gives it some. There, that that yes, exactly. That's, that's but, what got our. But attention. Navigate.com projected P5 conference earnings per school from 2022 through 2029, based on past performances and a projected 12 team playoff in college football. Midway so, through, yeah. Midway. So so they they're taking the expanded. Uh, what we hope will be a, an expanded 12-team uh, college football playoff, and they're making proje- projections, and again, just for college football. The Big 12 would pay out a projected $41.8 million per team in 2023, Dave, and a projected $57.5 million in 2029. So the 2029 earnings would be the lowest of the P5s. So are you more excited about the increased earning potential for BYU, or the, are you looking at the projected low-earning status of the Big 12? I'm not looking at the backside. I'm looking at the front side because that's where BYU is going, and they haven't been there before. But this is these are numbers that are they include everything related to football. Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 broadcast rights, uh, bowl games, college football playoff appearances, uh, everything. So this is what this projection is that BYU will get by being a member of the Big 12 starting in 2023. Notice these projections include 2022, which BYU is still an independent. So I got my calculator out of my phone and added it up. And what these projections show is that BYU, because of football, will roughly take in $350 million between 2023 and 2029, as opposed to about $98 million from their current TV deal with ESPN over that same period if it were to go that way, and that's a really high estimate. $350 million because of football between 23 and 29. That's seven seasons. That's why it doesn't matter what happens (laughs) in the Big 12 initially Yeah, because this is where you have to be. This is the future of college sports, college football, and it is the opposite of where BYU is currently as an independent or a non-P5. Feel bad for the non-P5s. BYU's been one forever. That's ending for BYU. And and just on these projections alone, you just go, wow. We showed this to Chris Burgess, and he said, wow. Well, and let's also reiterate, again, Just uh, we need to make sure we hammer this point. 
What, give it. Give us that number one more time. You say th- roughly three hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. We're talking football only. That's not. This is not including anything from any other sport, specifically college basketball. Where the Big Twelve will send eight teams into the big dance, and they all generate revenue back to the league. That's just yeah. That's yeah. just in that. That that right there is eye opening on the amount of money with the quote unquote haves and the have nots. It is so significant in in from a financial standpoint. It, it's it's almost laughable. It's different. Now I, I, well, let's touch on the fact that the the Big Twelve through these projections would be the lowest in terms of the amount of all the P5 schools. So you, obviously, number one is the SEC. That's, I mean, nobody needed to be told it was going to be the SEC that made the most. The Big 12, or excuse me, the Big 10 was second. Then you have the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12, all roughly within three to four million dollars. Now, obviously, you would take an extra three to four million versus not, but it's not like it is significant in the grand scheme of things that the Big 12, while being last in in the P5 conferences, you're, you're talking about a difference of three to four million. So, not significant when you're talking about a total of 350 right. million. And if you see in 25, there's kind of a shift with the SEC and the Big 12. That's when Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC. And the Big 12 settles into what it has, uh, which is still, you know, those first four years in these projections are more than the Pac-12 and more than the ACC, um, third behind the SEC and the Big 10. And then it levels out to where they're only getting 50 million something a season. <laughs> and, I, and at that point, if BYU cannot function on 50 million a season after receiving 44, 43, and 41, we need a new accountant on campus. <laughs> It's again the the numbers that the financial aspect of joining a P five conference. If it wasn't blatantly obvious before, those numbers again three hundred and fifty million dollars over the course of that to roughly ninety eight under the current status of what BYU makes. What's more impressive is when you consider what BYU has done yes. these last ten years. Great point. Without any of that stuff. And just what they've been able to generate on their own with their friends from ESPN. Um, and and look what they've done. Look where they are in competitive nature with the rest of the country in all of these sports, most of which they contend in the top 15, top 20 in the country. And, and to be able to be willing, while not a P5 uh, member, yeah. to do things at a financial level as other P5s. This is why there was never a chance BYU was going to go back to the Mountain West. Yeah, great point. Never. They're moving forward, and again, these are just projections, but man, you love projections when they're like this, and you go, whoa, that's that's part of what's coming, and uh, and it should get every coach on campus to work harder, his staff to recruit harder, because the expectation will rise as the dollar numbers rise. I cannot wait for this. And, I'm so uh, excited for hey, 2023. It's really going to be a cool time. Win or lose in a lot of those things, it's going to be a cool time. Absolutely. Coming up, a rise and shout to a new franchise leading goal scorer. And we count down the top five BYU Hail Marys. Does Doman's fourth and 13 heave make the list? Well, that's a good question. We'll find out next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, 
the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This is BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Last week, Max Hall showed some heroics in the alumni game with his last-second Hail Mary. And it isn't the first time he's done that at BYU. This week, we count down the top five Hail Marys in BYU football history. Here's number five. We've got Zach Wilson to Micah Simon. Gets down the field. Time to kick a field goal and force overtime. BYU wins the game in double overtime. How Simon got so wide open, then he motors 30 <laughs> yards into field goal range with just a second or two remaining. Nice job, guys. You're number five. At number four, we get some Mangum Magic. Down by three with 54 seconds left and facing a fourth and seven. Mangum heaves one to the end zone for Mitchell Jurgens. Starman is born, pulls it down in the middle of three Broncos. That was followed up by a big pick six from Kai Nakua to seal the victory for the Cougars over then 20th ranked Boise State. That was a wild night. Yes, Number three. More heroics from the guy we saw here last week in the alumni game. And I'll bet he's been talking stories back at his high school all week long where he's a coach. Down by one just over a minute to go. Hall, Austin Colley. Every time we see this play, Colley is wide open. The Utes never adjust. This allows a Harvey Unga touchdown to follow up, and BYU beats Utah 17 to 10. At number two, more from Tanner Mangum. This time it was one week before the heroics against Boise State in the season opener at Nebraska. You knew this one was coming. Down by one, one second left. Mangum launches one into uh, from midfield into a sea of eight corn huskers. Mitch Mac Matthews comes down with it, capped off. Mangum's first game as a BYU Cougar and gave BYU the victory over Nebraska, their first opening game loss in 30 years. Course number one is at the 1980 Holiday Bowl. You know the story. Cougars down 20 with four minutes to go. They rally back. It all sets up Jim McMahon to Clay Brown for the game-tying touchdown. Sets up one of Lavelle's favorite stories. It took two Catholics to make the play, but it was a return Latter-day Saint missionary, Kurt Gunther, who kicked the extra point to win the game. 46 to 45. Ah, so many great memories. <laughs> Our question of the day, are you more nervous or excited about BYU basketball playing in the Big 12? Our elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, and it comes from at WearBlue1, says excited and two exclamation points. It will be like Gonzaga every game at the Marriott Center. Yeah, the mere thought of having these teams at the Marriott Center is very exciting. Love that attitude. It's going to be fun for years to come. All right, today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, goes to Ashley Hatch, who became the all-time leading scorer for the Washington Spirit with her 26th goal on Sunday. Nice job, Ashley. Yep, our thanks to today's guest, Chris Burgess. He was fascinating. Back from the Final Four, ready to help rebuild the program. The conversation continues 24-7, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Dave, I'm Jason. Back at it tomorrow with BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.